Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. It's time for Lombardi Memories. So it takes you back in time, into January or February, to the greatest Monday spectacle in all of sports. This is the podcast that looks back at each and every one of the 50 plus Super Bowls and tells the story of who won and why. For the fan who needs more than just a box score, this podcast goes drive by drive, play by play, through the most dramatic games in history. I'm your host, Tommy A. Phillips, and you can visit my website at TommyAPhillips.com where you can find all of my books. Today we have Super Bowl 50, held on February 7th, 2016, between the second-time NFC champion Carolina Panthers and the eight-time AFC champion Denver Broncos. As always, we have a pop quiz and then homework at the end of the episode. The pop quiz question for today is, how many franchises have had a fumble return for a touchdown in the Super Bowl? So that's franchise, not specific years, just which franchises have had fumble returns for a touchdown because there is one franchise who has more than one return for a touchdown. But here's a hint. One of them came in this game, and one came in the most recent Super Bowl. You have to figure out the rest for yourself, and the answer will come near the end of the podcast. The Denver Broncos started this 2015 season off 7-0, and and it looked like everything was perfect. But quarterback Peyton Manning's skills were declining, and at no time was that more evident in a 29-13 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, in which Manning's interceptions triggered an exodus of Denver fans and caused head coach Gary Kubiak to replace him with Brock Osweiler. Osweiler went 5-2 and two the rest of the way, but after being injured in the final game of the regular season, Manning came back to replace Osweiler, and Manning got to play in the playoffs. Broncos then survived two close games in the playoffs, beating Pittsburgh 23-16 and New England 20-18 to advance to their eighth Super Bowl. Manning's stats were horrendous. He threw for just nine touchdowns, 
while being picked off 17 times. He had managed to break the all-time records for most touchdown passes and most passing yards, but those records have since been surpassed by Drew Brees and eventually Tom Brady. Manning was a liability on this team, a quarterback who had nothing left in the tank. Osweiler had helped save the season, throwing 10 touchdown passes, which was more than what Peyton Manning had, but Osweiler played uh, fewer games. Now, receivers Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders both went over 1,100 yards and scored six times. Running backs Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson both ran for over 700 yards. Of course, the strength of this Denver team was their defense, which carried them through the playoffs. Linebacker Vaughn Miller had 11 sacks. Defensive end DeMarcus Ware had 7.5. Three other players had 5 sacks or more. Shaquille Barrett, a linebacker. Defensive end Derek Wolfe. Defensive tackle Malik Jackson. And it was also very hard to throw against his defense with defensive back Akib Dalib and the no-fly zone. So as for the Carolina Panthers, though their opponents, this was their year. They started the season out 14-0, and and quarterback Cam Newton was league MVP. They rolled through the playoffs, went up 31-0 on Seattle, although they only won that game by seven points. They held on the win. Then they crushed Arizona 49-15 to advance to their second Super Bowl in franchise history. As opposed to his Super Bowl counterpart, Cam Newton had a brilliant year. He threw for over 3,800 yards and 35 touchdowns with just 10 interceptions while rushing for over 600 yards and 10 more touchdowns. He was a shoo-in for league MVP, with the Panthers finishing 15-1. and His top receiver was tight end Greg Olson, who caught 77 passes for 1,100 yards and 7 touchdowns. Receiver Ted Ginn caught 44 passes for over 700 yards, 10 touchdowns. And then you have their top rusher on their team, Jonathan Stewart, who finished just shy of 1,000 yards and 6 touchdowns. Panthers also had a really tough defense as well, with four players with at least five sacks, including defensive end Coney Ely. The Panthers went into this Super Bowl as five-and-a-half-point favorites. The Panthers won the coin toss, elected to defer, so the Broncos got the ball first. Peyton Manning was the oldest starting quarterback in Super Bowl history at the time, He completed his first pass of the game to tight end Owen Daniels for 18 yards, then hit Emmanuel Sanders for 6, receiver Andre Caldwell for 22 yards. Anderson broke off runs of 7 and 12, setting up Denver in field goal range. Kicker Brandon McManus made a 34-yard field goal to put Denver out in front 3-0. Both teams went three and out after that, and then Carolina took over at its own 14. Cam Newton seemingly had a pass complete to receiver Jericho Cotchery, but he lost control as he hit the ground and was ruled incomplete. 
So head coach Ron Rivera challenged the play, but the play stood as an incomplete pass. Two plays later, Von Miller sacked Cam Newton, forced the fumble. Jackson recovered it for a touchdown, and the Broncos went up 10-0. On the next drive, Denver defensive backs Darian Stewart and T.J. Ward combined for a sack of Cam Newton on third down, but the Panthers were given a first down when defensive back Akib Dalib of the Broncos was called for taunting. Ultimately, it didn't matter because Carolina ended up punting anyway. So Carolina forced a Denver punt thanks to a sack by linebacker Luke Keekley. Newton then got the ball back through to receiver Philly Brown for a first down. And now it was the second quarter and Newton scrambled for a first down to the Denver 48. Panthers got called for a false start, but Newton got 12 yards back on a run. Two plays later, Newton hit Olsen for 19 yards. Passed the Brown and another flag on Tlaib got the Panthers a first down of the one. So from there, Jonathan Stewart leaped over the line, got a touchdown, and Carolina cut their deficit to 10-7. An incompletion by Manning got overturned on review to be a sack, but that challenge cost Rivera the ability to challenge anything else the rest of the game. So the teams traded three and outs, but Carolina's next punt went to Broncos returner Jordan Norwood, and he took back the kick 61 yards for the longest return in Super Bowl history at the time, of a punt, that is. It was not a touchdown, as there still has never been a punt return for a touchdown in Super Bowl history, but it set up the Broncos in great field position. Denver had a first down call back on penalty, forcing them into a field goal. McManus made a 33-yard field goal. Broncos went up 13-7. On Carolina's next possession, running back Mike Tolbert fumbled, and linebacker Danny Trevathan recovered for Denver. C.J. Anderson then ripped off a 34-yard run to get it down into Carolina territory, but Denver's drive was stopped when Manning threw an interception to Ely. Teams traded punts after that. The Panthers got one last try for points before the end of the first half. Newton threw to uh, receiver Devin Punches for 24 yards. Panthers got beyond midfield, but Demarcus Ware got a sack of Newton, and the clock ran out in the first half with Denver up six points. To start out the second half, Newton threw long to Ginn for a 45-yard gain to the Denver 35. He'd later go to Ginn for another 14 yards, but the drive would stall there. Kicker Graham Gano then missed a 44-yard field goal off the right upright that would have cut the lead to three. Now Manning took advantage of the good field position after that. He threw to Sanders twice, the second time of those got him or, excuse me, the first time of those got him to the Carolina 41. Second time got him 22 more yards down to the 17. C.J. Anderson ran up for about five more yards to the 12, but then at that point the Broncos ran out of steam. They settled for a 38-yard McManus field goal to increase their lead to nine. 
So the defenses then took over the game at this point. Newton was intercepted by Ward, and he fumbled it, but Trevathan recovered for Denver. Broncos went three and out thanks to a sack by Ely. Then Newton was sacked by Wolf and Miller for a punt. At the end of the third quarter, Broncos still led it 16-7. to Ely sacked Manning once again, and this time he forced a fumble, which he recovered himself. So now Newton threw to Funches for a first down. Stewart ran for another first down, got to the 22. But the Broncos broke up a third down pass for again, forcing Carolina into a field goal try. Gonneau made this one from 39 yards out. Panthers cut their deficit to six points. The Broncos punted twice after that, but each time Carolina couldn't score to either tie or take the lead. The Denver defense was punishing Newton way too much. Panthers punted once and then had disaster on the second of their possessions whenever Vaughn Miller sacked Newton and forced a fumble, which Ward recovered for Denver. On the play, Newton seemed to back away from diving for the fumble. He got heavily criticized for this, but the fact of the matter is he wouldn't have recovered it anyway. The ball ended up bouncing backward and near the referee. Newton had jumped in. The ball would have bounced in some other crazy direction. He didn't do anything wrong by not diving headfirst in after the ball. It just was a bad bounce, and that's how it went. Denver took over, though, in great field position. It was still a struggle to move the ball, and the Panthers had them stopping third down, but a holding penalty. And that holding penalty gave the Broncos another chance. And then C.J. Anderson ran it in for a touchdown from two yards out. Peyton Manning then, on his final time, he threw the ball in his career, although this didn't count as a pass because it was only on a two-point conversion. But his final time, he threw the ball on a football field. He hit Benny Fowler, a receiver, for a two-point conversion to make it 24-10. to The Broncos were now up two scores. That was enough to ice this game. The Broncos' defense nearly ended this game with a safety. Jackson and Ware sacked Newton back at the five. Then they almost sacked him on the next play as well, but he got the ball out for an incomplete pass. And that made a fourth and 24 from the five-yard line with two minutes left. And Ron Rivera opted the punt, essentially waving the white flag. Carolina got the ball back one last time and never came close to scoring. The Broncos had won Super Bowl 50, 24-10. Von Miller was named MVP for his three sacks and two forced fumbles. Fortunately, this time they didn't give it, just give it to the quarterback like they normally do. They just give it to the quarterback because Peyton Manning, he didn't deserve MVP, so it's a good thing he didn't win it here. Now, if I were to give an MVP out to someone on the offense, it would be running back C.J. Anderson, who rushed for 90 yards and a touchdown. But this game was clearly won by the defense, and there's no reason an offensive player should have stolen the MVP away from them. 
the most valuable player of the losing team. That was easy. That was Coney Ely, who had three sacks, an interception, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. He would have won Super Bowl MVP for sure at Carolina come back to win. If not for him, Carolina probably gets blown out of this game. What a performance he put up, and he deserves to be remembered for having his biggest game on the biggest stage. Now, the least valuable player of the game, that has to go to Cam Newton, unfortunately. He completed only 18 of his 41 passes and threw an interception while fumbling twice. Now, sure, Denver defense was unbeatable on this day, that, that's for sure, but Newton was the league MVP, so he needed to put his team on his back. He couldn't do that, and he never made it back to the Super Bowl. Uh, unless, unless somehow he unlikely makes it back to the Super Bowl again, but that seems kind of unlikely at this point. This was his one big shot at the Super Bowl. The biggest play of this game was easy. That was Miller's sack in the fourth quarter when the Panthers were down just six. Miller forced that fumble, which the Broncos recovered to set up that easy score. Hard to imagine the Panthers driving for a touchdown there, but that sack clinched it for the Broncos. Close second place would be that forced fumble earlier in the game by Miller, which was recovered for a touchdown by Jackson. And that leads us to today's pop quiz answer. The Broncos became one of only four franchises to return a fumble for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So you probably remember the Chiefs doing that in Super Bowl 57. Probably remember Dallas taking back several through the years as they are the only team, only franchise with more than one uh, fumble recovery return for a touchdown. In fact, they had two in Super Bowl 27 and should have had three, but we all know what happened with Leon Lett. But the one you probably don't remember is Washington. Whenever they got a fumble, Mike Bass returned Gero Yepremian's failed pass for a touchdown in Super Bowl 7. So there's four franchises who have returned a fumble for touchdown in the Super Bowl, Kansas City, Dallas, Washington, and Denver. As for the biggest play you don't remember, how about this one? Newton was intercepted by T.J. Ward, and then he fumbled the interception. But he got lucky because Trevathan was there to recover for Denver. Had the Panthers fallen on that fumble, they would have gotten at least three points. But instead of the Broncos got the ball, that game... If that play goes differently, you never know what could have happened in the end. Peyton Manning won his 200th game here in Super Bowl 50, and he went out a winner. He won the Super Bowl in his final career game, and now he was on to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Maybe he wasn't the greatest of all time, but he was certainly far up there. He became the first quarterback to lead two different franchises to Super Bowl victories. We all know who the second one was. Now for this week's homework, I'm going with Payne Manning, The Last Rodeo by Mark Kisla. 
It goes through Manning's comeback journey from having neck surgery, being cut by the Colts, to going on to win the Super Bowl with the Broncos. Manning is up there in the top five quarterbacks of all time discussing. He went to four Super Bowls and won two of them. I'd rank him right there with Joe Montana behind Tom Brady. But for now, I'm going to be going on hiatus for a while as I feel Super Bowl 50 is the perfect place to leave off on. In the meantime, you can find all of my books at TommyAPhillips.com. I'm sure you can find something you like, whether it's my NFL books, Nifty 90s, Great 80s, Sweet 70s, or one of my college football books like Penn State Bowl Game or The Orange Bowl. Until next time, this is Tommy A. Phillips signing off. So long. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football, through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians, you'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.